Welcome back, everybody, to Nutty Buddy Sports. I am your host, Ryan, and on today's episode, I have Clint with, with me, and what we're going to do today is we are going to recap all the games that were played this weekend in the wild card round, and then we're going to predict the divisional uh, round of the NFL playoffs. And Clint, how's it going, man? Another week, another Brock Purdy victory. Keep it going. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's looked good, and I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit more. But you got to be pretty excited about that. <laughs> um, no complaints. <laughs> no complaints. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, let me ask you though, how did you feel in general about the wild card weekend? It was pretty. A couple of the games that they, they were ugly. Like a couple of the teams we'll talk about, like one, but they probably shouldn't have won. <laughs> but you know. For the most part, with the set, with the exception of the second half for the Vikings game and the the Cowboys game, they were all pretty good. They were entertaining games, at least close, some drama. Yeah, agreed. I, I like I was really surprised about some of the the final scores, uh, but yeah, I agree. A lot of drama. So why don't we do that? Why don't we just kind of talk a little bit more in depth about the games um, or what we thought of each team. Uh, let's start with that first game that was played on Saturday afternoon. That was the Seattle Seahawks who went uh, into, uh, you know, into San Francisco, made it look like a game for a half. And I was like, oh, man, I text you. And I was like, hey, are you worried? And then you didn't text me back until it was clearly you had no reason to be worried. But um, uh, the, the, the 49ers won it 41 to 23. What were your thoughts on watching that game? Yeah, I wasn't too nervous at half. Um, I would have gotten nervous had like that first half, that first part of the second half, if that drive would have been uh, not productive. <laughs> but they went down. They took like seven, I think seven minutes, scored a touchdown. Um, Seattle did start moving it, but the pass rush started getting there. So uh, I never got too nervous because I thought 49ers would eventually pull away. But uh you know that and we'll, we can get into it but i thought the way the 49ers played that game the first half was as if we we know we're the bigger team better team so we're gonna try a couple things and then we'll get into it yeah kind of kind of looked that way I, I would also say that like the first half the seahawks played as like well as they could have like a perfect half for them uh, no turnovers, no penalties. And then in the second half, when they started having those things go against them, those penalties, a couple turnovers, they kind of just fell apart. Um, which, you know, when you're when you're playing the better team, you can't afford to turn the ball over and commit silly penalties. And I felt like that was a big turning point, uh, turning point in the game, especially on that their first drive in the second half. They were driving downfield. It looked like that they might score at least three points. And then all of a sudden, Geno Smith fumbles the football and it kind of, to me, shift the momentum's momentum in the 49ers, you know, went from there. Yeah, I agree. That that sack fumble, after that happened, I was fairly comfortable that the Seahawks weren't going to stop the Niners after that, at least from getting field goals. And I didn't think Seattle coming, being behind um, a couple scores would uh, would hold up. So, yeah, no, I I agree. What did you think of? Um, was it Ward who made that hit that put help put put uh 
like I, I don't know how guys don't figure this out yet, but you can't don't don't dive at the quarterback. Yeah. I had to go back to watch it because as I told you, I was watching on my phone. I saw them kick the Niners kick the field goal, and I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna like it's halftime, I'm gonna log off. And then I checked the score and I'm like, Seattle scored. <laughs> so I went back and watched it and I was like, that was so stupid. Like it wasn't even close either. You know, some of those, the guy starts to slide and he's already diving. We were like, all right, well, we already protect the quarterback enough. But that one yeah. was like, I don't even know what you're thinking, dude. That was about as obvious as they come. Yeah, that was not a good choice by Ward on that one. I think it was Ward, right? Like that made that dive yep. and hit him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any uh, Anything else about this game that you thought was notable? Well, what stood out to me is anytime the 49ers been in the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo, they rarely throw the ball because they don't trust that dude. The 49ers came out, I think they threw the ball 21 times in the first half. So it showed me kind of all I need to know that Kyle Shanahan thinks he's got something with Brock Purdy, that he would come out in his first playoff game, throw it all over. A few of the throws in the beginning were a little high. You could tell he, he was a little amped up, but that, I think they trust him. And I think going forward, at least offensively, um, he gives them much better chance if it's a shootout, if it's a game where they get behind, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo and you get behind, um, it's over. You know, yeah. he's not going to move. But I thought the best play of the game, Brandon, yeah, you dropped it. I saw yeah, that. I think yeah. it was in the fourth quarter. Purdy. Yeah, he rolled out way left, spun back. It was like a Patrick Mahomes play. Ran all the way to the right sideline and threw an absolute dart right over the defender. And he dropped it. And I was like, the 49ers have never had anyone barring Steve Young a long time ago. Jeff Garcia would run around, but Jeff Garcia wasn't actually good. Um, that would do that. And I saw that play and I was like, that gives me hope that this dude is not just hopefully not just a flash in the pan, but there's something there. I don't know. Like I've been watching football for a while. You have been too. I just, I just feel like there is something there and I'm like, man, this guy might be like, I'm not going to say Tom Brady level, but the type of thing where it's like a lot of teams, you know, everybody misevaluated Tom Brady and he goes in what the sixth round. And then we get this quarterback in the seventh round that every single team passed up on. And it's just like, how did this happen? But I think like maybe there, you know, some guys are outliers and I just, I don't, there's not a throw that it doesn't seem like there's a throw he can't make. I'm not talking about like the Patrick, all Patrick Mahomes type of throws, but you don't need him to be Patrick Mahomes. That right. team's so, so loaded. So I don't know. I'm, I'm actually on the, the pretty train. I think that next year, the Niners just need to like get what they can for Lance let Garoppolo go and uh, give this guy the keys because he looks, he looks really good. Yeah, I would agree. I, I don't think you can, you can't put it back in the bag. Like if he had a couple good games and then he just, you know, he had one of those five for 21, <laughs> 50 yards for an ascension game or Trevor Lawrence first half, but that was his game. You would be like, all right, well, that was just teams have figured it out. This is seven, eight games now. And, you know, he said a couple if he throws, but who doesn't? But the offense moves. He looks long to short. You know, I, I don't know if I said that last week. You know, the 49ers run those option plays where you got someone about 15 to 20 yards, and you always have George Kittle or use Shaq right at the line of scrimmage. And 
Jimmy G would always roll out and just toss it right away just to get those five, six, seven, eight yards. And Purdy is mobile enough that he he just waits that half a second to see if the deep guy is going to come free, which adds another level to the offense where you're not just like, oh, hey, look, eight yards, eight yards, which is great, but it adds the explosiveness that they, they haven't had. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, let, let so one of the questions I was going to ask you, sort sort of kind of a, you know, it's not not necessarily about this game, but it sort of is because we see like how Brock Purdy is, uh, now you know like how he's playing, right? Um, do you think that young quarterbacks, and I probably know the answer to this, but you know, like you see the difference between him and Zach Wilson, the seventh round pick gets put in this environment and he's shining, right? Uh, And he has all the tools, it seems like, to be a good quarterback in this league. Zach Wilson had all the tools, but they're like, hey, he needs time to develop. Do you think that it matters where people get drafted? Like, do you think that this is, this is part of like the, the uh, evidence that quarterbacks where they're drafted matters? I do. I think the NFL is, not everyone, because there's a handful of coaches, the Giants being one of them with Daniel Jones this year. There's too many coaches that have their way and don't change it for who they have. And, like, I'm not saying that happened with Zach Wilson. He might just not be that. He might be the type of person that he just wants to do it his way, and he's not going to adapt. I think it goes both ways on that. But I do think there's too many um, coaches or coordinators that know we got to do this um, and don't draft a guy to fit that. The 49ers usually do a pretty good Trey Lance being the outlier, but he kind of played in a similar system, but he didn't have the accuracy of this guy fits our system opposed to he doesn't fit, but we're going to bring him in and make him do it. And I think a lot of those guys, they just fall by the wayside because that's not, not what they trained to do since high school, college, training camp, all of that. And now they're just, nope, this is what you got to do. And if you don't, it looks bad. Yeah, I, I agree. And I would also say that, like, even with Trey Lance, it seemed like Kyle Shanahan was willing to adapt his offense a little bit to him, like with more run plays and, and stuff that, you know, Jimmy G couldn't do, you know, obviously. So it's, again, I think I think Kyle Shanahan is, is, is a really good coach. So um, n- another question I had for you, is the Christian McCaffrey trade, is that going to be the thing that we look back at and say, yeah, that's what helped the Niners get to the Super Bowl? I mean, it could be because Shanahan has uh, another way he's changed is, you know, the prior years, they never throw it to the running back. You know, rarely would they, besides some basic screen pass. I think Carlos Hyde was like the last running back they had to get 40 catches in a, in a year. Um, but he adds that that extra weapon where you can put him in the slot and it looks like it's going to be a run, but they can run any play out of it. You know, I'm sure if, if you guys watch ESPN and that, they've had a few things on there lately, how the 49ers can be in that 21 personnel and they can run just about any of their plays out of it because of the versatility he gives. So. I hate to give up that many picks for a running back. <laughs> you know, I, when they made the trade, it's like, in theory, this guy works perfect. And if you win a Super Bowl, it's gravy then. But, um, you know, with having him and Elijah Mitchell back, I think that helps to, you know, you don't have to murder this guy down the stretch when you need one yard. Because um, even though he's quick, he's surprisingly 
get stopped fairly easy. Like if you mm-hmm. run him up the middle, it's like, oh, 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 he got knocked down. <laughs> but when you get him on the edge, you just, you know, he's got that short distance speed. So I think it worked out. We're two games, two or three games away from finding out for sure. But, you know, you can't complain. They're using him like crazy. Yeah, they did what the Panthers should have done with him, which is like, so in this game, he had 17 touches. It's like this guy who's always injured, you build your entire offense around him, and then you give him 40 touches a game, and he ends up injured in two weeks. It's like, that doesn't work. Now, now Kyle Shanahan's like, I'm going to trade for this really amazing talent, but I'm going to make sure he's fresh all game. I'm giving him 17 touches. He'll be a decoy some of the time, but basically we're going to make sure he we give him the 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 biggest chance to stay healthy, you know, like, and be as productive as possible. That's another thing I really like what Kyle Shanahan has done here is we're not going to put too much of a load on him. Yeah, I'd agree. Okay. Anything else with this game? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Did you, did, uh, did you have any questions that you wanted to discuss or do you just want to talk about where Seattle should go from here? See, I put the questions for the next set of games, so I might have done it backwards from what no, you No, that'll be fine. I'll do the first set. You do the second set. There we go. I wrote down like two or three in case you had some for when we get to like the next set when the teams that advanced. No, that's fair. Okay, I got – yeah, we, we might have miscommunicated on that, but that's okay because then I'll do the questions for these games you got for the upcoming <laughs> games. So let's about talk about Seattle real quick. We spent a lot of time on the Niners. Obviously, you being a Niners fan makes sense. But where where does Seattle go from here? Geno Smith is 32. He's going to be looking for a contract. It really sounds like he really wants to re-sign with Seattle uh, and maybe even would take a little bit of a discount. Uh, they also have two first round picks, all, both, I believe, in the top 20 now, um, which is huge for them. So what would you do? Where would you go from here if you're Seattle? They need to put their resources, the defense. I know they drafted their corners. look They look good, but their pass rush is so hit or miss. You know, one game you know, early in the year, against bad teams that look good when they had that stretch. They looked good, but I mean, they could not stop the run, especially against, you know, a good team. So I think they got to get a pass rush, something on defense up front. You know, they lost Jordan Brooks. He tore his ACL. So you assume he's probably going to miss part of next year, um, which kind of sucks for them. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. He showed promise. So I I think their resources need to go on defense. I know Gino, the, it's hard not to pay the due, even if you still have some reservations. Like I still think he falls into the slightly better than Jimmy G, you know, middle of the pack yeah. quarterback. Like it, it looks good because they have, they have some weapons, but I don't know if I want to sign that dude for four years and, you know, run him into his mid, mid to late thirties. Um, but they have a good foundation. So I think if they, if they can play it right, maybe draft a quarterback, they see someone in the later, you know, the mid rounds um, and give them a year or two probably what they'll have to end up doing but they definitely have some upside but it i think their defense has to take a step or two up to keep them in some of these games yeah agreed i think they need to work on the defense and then the other thing i was thinking the offensive line and get get that a little bit resolved because you know when you're especially when you're playing the niners you got to protect 
to your quarterback, give him some time. The one thing I would say about the Geno um, signing only being 32, he also doesn't have a lot of wear and tear because he obviously hasn't started a lot. So if it's only a three to four year deal, I don't think that would kill them. And I don't think they'd be paying like premium price. Like you would have to for like a Lamar Jackson, if you traded for him, which allows you to, like you said, fix the other areas of their team, which I think that's the way I'd go. Because even in this game where they got blown out, Gino was not the problem. Like he, he, he was good enough. The defense just couldn't do anything like Debo Samuel was running wide open and that, 74 yard touchdown and and then nobody nobody wanted to tackle him like it seemed like anyway but uh yeah so i i agree with you yeah they you know as much as i like to hate on seattle because i do and i text a few like i someone i never met before but i went on vacation with him this summer i sent him a text you know it's nice winning three games in a row against the seahawks and he was like dude come on but (laughs) of, of all the nfc west teams you know you know the rams mcveigh's coming back but there's a lot of uh who knows what's going to happen there with the Cardinals. I guess it depends on their coach, but you know, those teams, those, both of those teams don't look um, primed to be 13 and four next year. So they could be back in the playoffs next year with, you know, minimal upgrades. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know if I'm too worried about the Cardinals. I think they're going to need another year to figure it out, no matter who they hired, but maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. Um, the Rams, it Stafford's health is is it it McVay can come back, but man, Stafford's health got to be worrisome for any Rams fans. So I'm with you. I think Seattle has a uh, prime position to be second in this division for a while, depending on the roster moves they make. Um, you ready to go on to the next game? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this game. Wild game. The Chargers uh, go into Jacksonville, go up twenty-seven to nothing, and then at right before halftime. Trevor Lawrence scored, uh, and then the comeback was on. the The Jaguars came all the way back, won thirty one to thirty. Luke was at the game; he was pumped, uh, really excited. I talked to him on the phone for about an hour after the game because he was just he was ready to go. So, man, that was a great game. What What was your thoughts about that game? I didn't know he was at the game. I texted him, and he texted me back. I think. I think he texted me at halftime with a picture of his seats and uh, I was telling him like, Oh, talk about rough. But that, that was one of those games I was watching with my kids and I was like, can you imagine being a Jaguars fan? And I mean, I know they had that run like three or four years ago, but it was just a flash in the van. Like you've been hot garbage <laughs> for the last three or four years. And you finally get back to the playoffs. Like they make it. The stadium was like going crazy. <laughs> and the first Four possessions are, what, what are we even doing here? Like, what is <laughs> happening to go from that to winning that game? Like, that was just a masterclass in total incompetence by the Chargers in the second half. But also, I think the start of the game, the Jaguars, the uh, Peterson was a little too aggressive with Trevor Lawrence. And just, you know, they were just, they were going for it. Um, which, I mean, I guess I see, but, you know, you could... He was a little, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence was a little amped up, not making a couple reads, a little hot with some of the throws. But that was, it's one of those games you never forget. Because you remember these crazy comebacks that you're like, I, I don't even know how Staley's the coach, but they're going to keep him. So. Yeah, so a couple, yeah, a couple things. Uh, I, I felt like 
I don't know how he felt too. Like definitely the first half, I did not think the officiating was that great either. Like there was that one interception uh, that um, Asante Samuel Jr. had where he held the guy off his break and then like the balls in his hand after the break and looking for a flag. And they're like, there was a couple of them. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's, and, and, and uh, that's past interference. And uh, who was it? Dungy was like, Oh, they're letting them play. And I'm like, and I told Eric this yesterday, they're not letting them play at that point. They're letting them cheat. It's against the rules to do that. You can't let them do that. That's cheating. Um, But anyway, I thought the Jaguars did not let the fact that, you know, they had a rough start to, to your point. This is their first, a handful of possessions, interception, interception, punt, interception, punt, interception. So it was not good punt. And then they finally got that touchdown, but they didn't. What what I really liked about is their resilience and like how resilient they were uh, despite the four interceptions. And there was a fumble in there as well, where the punter like landed on the Jaguars helmet. So despite the five turnovers, despite the refs, um, feeling like the refs were like against you a little bit because they had to feel it. They did not break down on the other end, the chargers, as soon as they started, you know, like they're, they started getting tight. The game was getting closer. We saw them make a lot of mental mistakes, including like Joey Bosa throwing a fit and setting up that two point conversion that ended up winning, the game, helping them win the game at the end. So I just really liked, how well coached they were, their resilience. And like you said, it was such a stark contract between the coaching on the other side of of Brandon Staley, even though he's going to keep his job. Yeah. And we talked about it before, but like any of those, if you're, if you're the Jaguars, the chargers in that first half, maybe they drove the field once for a field goal at the end, like all those touchdown drives were just 12, 16, 18. I mean, they were some of, I think three of them were less than 20 yards. So it's not like, the Chargers were just putting it to them, you know, picking the end zone, 85-yard touchdown drive. Um, and they just, the Chargers, it just, the second half was, I think at one point they had 11 straight passes. They only ran it seven times in the second half. And it's just, I don't know how you go into halftime. You don't even have to be conservative. You don't even have to be Mike McCarthy, run it three times and punt, like just kneel it and punt. But I, I don't know how you don't come up with, couple screen passes, you know, a pitch play, just something to keep the clock moving. And you don't got to bleed it down to two or three every time and make it obvious you just hope this game is over. But they were snapping it in 22, 24 seconds on the play clock. Like, it just – I don't know how – even if the offensive coordinator is kind of, like, going rogue as the coach, how you don't go, hey, dude, <laughs> we got to run it a couple times here. Just keep the clock moving. Make it simple. But, you know, that's just – inexcusable like that second half from the chart i know i picked the chargers and i i jinx it when i text you and i think it was like 27 or just before halftime before that i was like well my chargers pick is looking good but, <laughs> um <laughs> you know that was just i don't know how you how you keep the coach when like last week he gets your best receiver breaks his back <laughs> in a meaningless game and then this game is up 27 to nothing and they score three points the rest of the game like i it's just I don't know how the, I know it's these people know more of football than we'll ever know, but I don't know how, how that stuff happens. I I agree. Um, I do. Uh, yeah. So one of the questions I had was like Mike Williams, right? He plays in this game. What, what do you think? Do you think that the chargers are able to hold off the Jaguars? If Mike Williams plays in this game? I do. Yeah. 
He's just, it, it's a different offense when he's on the field. So I, I agree. I don't, I'm not saying that like the Jaguars want to made a, an effort to come back, but I just think, you know, it opens things up. Uh, Williams is much more of a, like, Hey, I need, I need somebody to make a play here. And this is the guy to do it. Keenan Allen's a good player too. Like I really like him, but he's more of like this slot receiver that gets open like for 13 yards or whatever, where Mike Williams is like the big guy that's going to get the big play when you need it. And uh, the, I just, I just feel like that was a huge deal. And, and to me, that's where the fireable offense comes in more so than you blowing this lead. Um, the other question I had for you, um, do you blame, uh, it's, I, I, I kind of got your answer, but I just, maybe to make it a little clear, do you blame Joe Lombardi? Who's the offensive coordinator more so than Brandon Staley? Or do you blame Brandon Staley who focuses more on the defense? Yeah. Well, they fired Lombardi today. Yeah. I still think you blame the coach because the, the coach, even if you're a defensive coach, you you got to have enough wherewithal to just check with your guy at halftime. Or even after the first drive, you got a headset on. You got to radio up to him and say, we got to change this. Like, I mean, you're responsible for the team. You're the head coach. So, yes, Lombardi called, you know, I think I, I really think it was 11 straight pass, just like stupidity. But at at some point you got to step in as the coach and be like, it's got, we got to run it here. We, or we got to throw it like in Madden HB angle. Like we just got to get Eckler the ball on the edge and let him get six or seven yards a couple of times. And this game is over. You know, you, you think like with Mike Williams, like you said, he, if they get two or three first downs in the second half more, the game's over. Right. Yeah, you, you didn't need a lot. <laughs> you only needed a handful of first downs to keep that clock going. So I know the offensive coordinator, I'm sure Staley threw him under the bus so that he can keep his job. But as the head coach, you got to be able to radio up and be like, we got to, this has to change. No, I agree. And and the thing is, is even if it like you want to sit there and blame Joe Lombardi, who, by the way, was the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions when they had Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford and Nate Burleson and ranked like 19th in offense. Uh, so I'm just saying he's not a good offensive coordinator. I don't know how he keeps getting jobs, but um, I, 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 just the fact you hired him. And you kept him around for two seasons, even after what happened last year at the end of the season when they couldn't beat the Raiders. Like, I'm not saying it was just his fault, but uh, part of being a coach is making those tough decisions. And uh, finally, he got rid of Lombardi. But I don't like like you said, how how you are not more in engaged into what's going on in the entire game that, you know, that, uh, yeah, it's definitely a fireball offense, but they'll stick with him and we'll see what happens. Sure. Uh, Jaguars, are they going to own the AFC South for the next 10 years? I mean, unless, unless the Colts do something this off season with a quarterback, like I think the Titans are, I mean, I guess the Titans could do the same thing. They're kind of both in the same boat where they're kind of on that edge. And if one of them or both, um, got a quarterback, uh, maybe they could keep it going. But, you know, I think both of those teams might have to take a, a year or two back <laughs> to come forward again. And the, you know, the tie, the Texans, who knows what the Texans, like, you know, that organization is a disaster right now. So I think the Jaguars with improvement, you know, hopefully no one gets too high on there. We've won one playoff game. We've made it like 
I'll call it the Atlanta Hawks of a couple of years ago. We made the Eastern sure. Conference Finals. We're too busy to show up for half of these games now. That's um, fair. It, I wouldn't see why they wouldn't just um, lead that division. Agree. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that um, it, it'll be interesting. I'm wondering if any of these teams are going to try to put a Band-Aid at, at their quarterback position. Um, and if they do, I I think Trevor Lawrence is just he looks good enough where I'm just like he keeps getting compared to Andrew Luck, which was the last guy who came back from that. Like he in the Chiefs game, I don't know. They were down, I think, 28-0. Jamal Charles got injured and um, he came back and he had a bad first half. So I'm like, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a good quarterback. So I, I think as long as they have him and Doug Peterson is a good coach, two coaching calls. I got to call out that I really liked one. I didn't agree with one. I, I, you know, obviously I did because, but the two point conversion, I did not agree with at the time when they were going for two, <laughs> I know it was just a yard, but I'm just like, if you miss this, now you have to score a touchdown instead of kick a field goal. You know what I'm saying? And so I did not agree with that. It was successful. The second play that I absolutely love was that fourth and one call uh, with the three running backs. And then you had the two dive in and then ETN go outside and it got him in a position to outrun. I believe it was Asante Samuel Jr. And he almost scored a touchdown on that play. I think it was at the 20 or 17 yard line. Love both those calls. They have a really good head coach. Yeah. Well, I love those too because, you know, we always do the, when you listen to different stuff, like, you know, the analytics are stupid and, you know, like we, we only talk about it that way. Like if, if he doesn't get the two point conversion, it's like the dude's an idiot. Advanced analytics are stupid, but then he made it and they're like, good call on to the next one. Yeah. So it just, as in anything, we always play the results, but I would agree. Like when he went for two, I was like, Oh, I don't know if I, I like the number stuff. But in that part of the game where you're like, I know we have the whole momentum thing, like they had everything going, but at that moment, you're like, if you don't hit this one yard, like yeah, that, that might, you got to score a touchdown. Maybe they would have scored a touchdown. <laughs> Anyhow, at the rate that game was going, it's probably what they thought. But at that time, as risky as I would be with that, I was like, oh my gosh, you came all the way back in this game. And if you don't get this one yard, it's going to be, everyone's going to blame you. Yeah. You're like we would have won if you would have just kicked the extra point, but you know they can thank Joey Bosa and send him some flowers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and that's why I like the like. Uh, I try not to play the results. I, I think it was a gutsy call. I wouldn't have done it myself. I, I I agree with you. You had all the momentum, and if you if you four four seems a lot larger of a lead than three because of you know the 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 way you score points. So, um. Yeah, no, I didn't agree with it, but it worked out great for them. You know, Trevor Lawrence, all six, six of him just reached his arm over and scored, and that's all you need to do. So, um, uh, real quick, Chargers, where do you think they go from here? Obviously, they fired their offensive coordinator. Yeah, they just, they got to revamp the, like, they got to come up with something better. You know, they have way too much talent on that offense to just go stretches in a game where they can't move the ball. Um, you know, Austin Eckler is great. They need a running back that can actually like run the ball, mm. you know, and I think he yeah. can't, I mean, he's a thousand yard back, but when you need two or three yards or you need to kill the clock, like they need someone who can do that yeah. um, to get them 10 or 10 or 10, 10 or 12 touches just to, to kill a game, throw some imbalance, you know, when you're out there 
Eckler's in the game, like, all right, this is probably going to be a pass. We can rally to tackle him. He's not a big tackle breaker. So their defense is, I mean, they had some injuries this year, but another reason, like, I don't know why Staley's the coach. He's supposed to be a defensive coach. And, like, you know, sometimes they look good against the Chiefs. Like, I think they set their team against the Chiefs, so they they spread it out and match up because the Chiefs don't run it a ton, but all these other teams that just run the ball, just run it all over them. Um but I guess I would start with offense because you probably have a generational quarterback and you're just, you have no creativity. You're you're running like a early 2000s offense with some of these plays. So they got to do something there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they'll be healthy again, which is important. But like, I definitely would just get a, a offensive coordinator in there that you just like. How do we unleash this guy? I know it's a cliche, but maybe on the McVeigh tree, uh, you know, McVeigh Shanahan tree, one of those trees to grab somebody a little bit more innovative, like that's willing to try different things with this guy. Um, that's what I would do. Okay, next game, the uh, Buffalo Bills at the my, I mean the Dolphins at the Bills. Uh, this game was I, I feel like the biggest surprise of the weekend as far as like as far as competitively, because I think um, on our podcast, our preview podcast, we like uh 20 point over under type of thing, you know, with Luke and them. And I was like, I just don't see how Skylar Thompson puts up any points on the bills, let alone, you know, scoring 30. Uh, he did it after being down 17, zero Miami took the lead. I believe it was 24, 20, the uh the bills got back up the dolphins came back and had a shot at the 50 yard line to to go uh get into field goal range and uh through uh to Gesicki. he missed the uh catch um but uh it was a good effort by the dolphins your thoughts on this game uh they lost by the way 30 34 to 31 bills won yeah this is uh, another like i put this in this the category of like a sketchy win for the bills. Like mm. I thought we, we all probably thought we were right when it was 17 to nothing. And you're like, all right, well, this game's over 17 to nothing. Skylar Thompson is not Brock Purdy. Like, I don't know what's going to happen here. And the bills just, again, they're they similar to the chargers. They're just better. Like they don't seem like they have a plan on offense half the time. Like, uh, go ahead. Yeah. So that, that actually leads to one of my questions I have for you. You know, Josh, Josh Allen has been a little. I, I understand he injured his elbow, but injury prone. I think he. It, I thought I heard that he has like thirty turnovers coming into the playoffs, whether fumbles or interceptions, which is not something he did la- the year before. Uh, and, and you're like, well, you take the good back. My question is this: How much do you think that team misses Dayball? Yeah, a lot. I think. I think it it showed up in big games. It's like. I heard this on a different podcast a while ago. The guy called it battleship football, where you're just like calling plays like you would in battleship. Like they have that possession where I think they chucked it deep, two straight plays, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when they were, when they were winning and could have just ran out some clock. And I'm like, I, I don't, it doesn't seem like they have, they go through stretches of the game where you go, did, did you have a plan? Like, did you, you, you plan out those first 15 or 20 plays and they worked. And then after that, you're like, eh. I don't know. They look like they're playing press. We'll just chuck it deep. Diggs, nope. <laughs> Gabe Davis twice, nope. All right, we'll punt. Uh, so it was. It's frustrating to watch because when they when they are clicking in those stretches, you're like, all right, well, this team's about to win the Super Bowl. And then yep. Josh Allen drops the ball two or three times, throws a dumb pick, and then and you're going, 
Um, should this team have been in the playoffs? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it. Uh, you know, obviously a division matchup's different. I feel like Mike McDaniels has figured out a way to play competitively against the Bills because every game they've played down to the last possession. And I feel like the Bills have been the most talented, the more talented team between the two of them. And somehow the Dolphins continue to, you know, uh, make Josh Allen make mistakes partly. Um, so it it's a little, if you're rooting for the bills, it's a little frustrating to see what they can be and what they can't consistently be, which, you know, uh, could prevent them from getting to the Super Bowl, right? Because you got the Bengals and the, the, uh, the, uh, chiefs you got to beat now, or, you know, or the Jaguars, but it's likely the chiefs. So, so I'm just saying when you see this and you're like you, you know, who's rooting for the chiefs to be eliminated and hoping that the, you know, the bills or the Bengals do it, this can't give you much confidence that like, you know, Skylar Thompson, you know, he was 18 of 45. He didn't play like the best game, but like a couple of big drops by his wide receivers. And that's a different game. Yeah. I mean, it's watching that game. For parts where it's like, all right, that's why I want the 49ers to play the Bills. Is yeah. <laughs> there's stretches of there where you're like, all right, well, Josh Allen's gonna throw three turnovers. The Niners are gonna they're gonna be far enough up that they won't do what the Chargers did. But there's other aspects where you're, like I said, where you're like, this is the best team in a decade that just they just they're just going down and they putting points up and you're going, all right, well, but I just they I think Daybald is a big loss for them in yeah. big moments or in um, crunch time moments or when the game gets tight to just rein in Josh Allen just enough that he doesn't go too off script like some of those where he's just running around with the ball hanging out and just throw it away. But yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh turning point of the game seemed like uh when the Dolphins were pinned in their own territory, they called a pass play. I think it was third and nineteen. Skylar Thompson went for the first down. Uh it got picked. And it's kind of just swung the momentum of the game back the Bills way because it was tight in Buffalo. Um, some people play blame Mike McDaniels for the play call. I, I'm just like he's probably telling Thompson that the guy underneath, like if you can't, you know, go to your check down if the guy that that hot route that he saw is open. If you look at the replay, I think it was Wilson was open underneath for like the check down, and you just punt it, and and Thompson made the wrong decision. I understand he's a rookie quarterback, but I think part of the reason why they were in this game is because McDaniel still trusts him to run that offense, and they he didn't like try to pigeonhole them and, and hold. So it, it helps. So I, you can't be like, Oh, like he he's allowing Thompson to do what he can do in the offense and then get mad at him when he he's letting him do what he does in the offense. So I don't think that's a fair play, but I definitely think it was the turning point of the game. Yeah. I put down, I thought, well, we'll get to the end, the coaching at the end. I thought they did good because they played loose with Thompson. Yeah in the beginning where it's like, all right, well guys, we will we literally have nothing to lose here. If we lose 38 to nothing, who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if he went out through three picks, fixes, whatever, that's what we thought. So I thought the way they played was good. They played loose, but I think when the game got close, that play specifically, like the pressure was no longer on the dolphins because they're winning in this game. And if Buffalo is going to drive on you, which they might've, just 
call a screen. I mean, it, it sounds stupid. You know, when you if you watch football from like 20 years ago, you have the third and 15. Everyone just called the draw play. Yeah. <laughs> to run it for seven yards and punt. But I think in that time, because of Skylar Thompson, like you turned him loose, you told him to chuck it around the field, like then telling him to take the check down is like, you know, you handed him a loaded gun. He's just going to go for it. Like, so I think sure. in that aspect, they should have just called, you know, a coward's play, sure. green pass, a sweep, anything just to punt the ball and let the Bills let the pressure grind on the bills and maybe they come through, maybe they don't. And it could be irrelevant, but I thought, like you said, that changed the play because Buffalo, then they had a short field. The crowd got back into the game. Everyone was like, all right, well, all right, we don't have to drive the field. We didn't have to worry about a sack or anything. No, I agree. I I don't disagree with that. I, I probably would have liked it if they played a little more conservative, but I don't think it was McDaniel's fault that Thompson made that throw. I should say like he should have took the underneath thing. He is a seventh round pick quarterback. And that's the argument on the other side. Like you gotta, you gotta handcuff him a little bit, you know, protect, protect him from himself. Um, and the, the, the strange thing is before that moment, Buffalo was really trying to give Miami another turnover because I believe they had like a muff punt that, that the bills recovered. And then Josh Allen had another fumble. The bills recovered if the, the dolphins would have been there, but, uh, yeah, that was the momentum swinging play. So let's talk though about that last drive. Oh, okay. Real quick, before we get to that, the, the one thing I would say before we get to that, because I feel like this is this is kind of not being talked about enough, but like the Dolphin fans have noticed this. Skylar Thompson can run the football. And what I didn't understand watching that entire game, and as much as I love Mike McDaniels, the one thing I have to say is that I don't see a very him like adapting during to get the game. Does that make sense? So like when the Niners and the Chargers were stiff, stiffing the middle of the field, stuffing, I should say, the middle of the field, and like he he kept on calling those plays. Uh, it, the Bills game, he finally switched it up and like, okay, we're going to go run, run, and then play action, pass, get open things in the middle of the field. Um, but during the game, and I felt like in this game, there was moments with Skylar Thompson could have ran for first downs. There was moments where you could have done that like RPO where the running back gets or the quarterback can keep it or the running back can keep it and use Skylar Thompson's leg a little bit. And I'm a little disappointed that Mike McDaniels didn't do that a little bit just to keep the bills honest with him being back there with his ability to run. And that was frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they, it's a missed opportunity in a toss up game. Like I just, I think games like that just, he did it with the, the bad thing game, just let it go, but let the guy run. I know it sounds insensitive, but the dude gets out there and he gets hurt. Like, again, you're not expected to win this game. Put everything on the table, have him run out, read option, an RPO, anything. You know, just something the Bills have to see once or twice and go, is he going to pull it down and run it? And maybe as the game goes on, that opens up another crossing route, you know, what you want to get back to. So I do think it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. I I just remember there's that one play, I believe it was third and six. Um, and like the uh the announcers, I think it was Romo, he he showed like the the pan view of the field, and he's like, if he would have just took off here, 
and you like see like a ga- gaping hole in the middle of the field, he would have got a first down. But he's keeping his eyes downfield to throw it, which I guess is good. But I just feel like, you know, use your running ability, man. But anyway, anyway, that's the way I felt. So let's talk about that last drive. Clock management. That was rough, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was it, it's frustrating. Like I and I, I get like we've talked about a hundred times now. It's a seventh round rookie quarterback, like big game, but did they not have comms in their helmets? Like, I don't know what was going on. They were just like breaking the huddle with eight seconds and sprinting up. And like, now you got a seventh round rookie in a big situation who you just threw the stress level through the roof. Cause he looks up and there's seven seconds and he's supposed to read a defense and either kill the play or go with the play. Like, I, I don't know how that happens once, but I mean, I think it happened four or five times because they got a delay of game. And I think they got, lucky ones because the bills called the timeout because they were panicked because the dolphins broke late too yep no you're right yeah yeah uh the, the buck of the bills i mean they saved them one time they had to use all their timeouts i think were basically because of clock management issues which you never want like you you know one a game is too many to waste the timeout on that and then on the biggest play of the game the fourth and one you allow it to happen then and that's when i'm just like oh this is so annoying. Um, so yeah, it was not Mike McDaniel's best uh, outing. I think he needs to clean that up because it did happen earlier this season too with Tua. Even like he's got to clean that up. That's got to get a little bit more cleaner. Uh, for I don't know if it's because of his voice and he sort of kind of mumbles a little bit when he talks. <laughs> is that it? Like they're like, what? I can't understand you. Um, but uh, and then the, the the last thing I'll say about that last drive is that final play. You know, and we'll talk a little bit about this when it comes to the Vikings game too. You gotta if you're Skylar Thompson or 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 uh, Mike McDaniel's, you gotta t- tell Skylar Thompson you gotta throw it to Tyreek or you gotta throw it to Waddle. I don't want the ball in the last the last uh, possible play the play of the entire season to go down to whether or not Mike Kosicki gets open for a five yard out or not. I don't want that. I, I, I pay a lot of money for uh, Tyreek. I used a lot of uh, resources for Waddle. I want those guys to be making those plays in those moments. And he did miss Tyreek open in the middle of the field. And Romo said, if he would have completed that pass, it could have possibly even went for a touchdown. And that killed me because I'm like, that's who you should be throwing to. Yeah. I, like you said, with the Vikings, you just sometimes you're like, I, I don't know. Like you would even think as a quarterback for your own longevity, you would be like, all right, this is the one time I'm going to Aaron Rodgers it. And I'm just throwing it to Devontae. Like I, that's whatever what I'm happens, this is, this is going to Tyreek. Cause you know, he's not a jump ball guy, but if he's running across the middle, just throw it to him. Yeah. You know, like you throw it to the, the giant white tight end who, Hopefully he breaks a tackle, which in both cases it's not happening. So it just from a seventh round quarterback, especially, you would just think your 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 bread is buttered <laughs> by getting it to the dude that's so fast. If he's open, like you're gonna look awesome. If you throw that, you throw that across the middle and Tyreek goes the rest of the way for a touchdown, they'd be like, what a throw, even though he was wide open. But I don't know. I'd, you know. We probably can't relate because we've never been in that moment, but you would just think your mindset would be like, all right, this is going to Tyreek or this is going to Waddle. Well, like, so 
I know this isn't the same, but it's like when you're playing pickup basketball and you need that bucket to win the game. Like there's your entire team knows it's going to your best shooter. Like, and so does the defense, but you know, if you're, you're the best shooter, what you're going to do, you're going to make the shot. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to throw it to somebody in the corner for a three that shoots 7% from three. That's not what you're going to do. Okay. You give it to the guy with the best chance to put the game away. And that, that in that moment is you throwing the ball to Tyreek. And even if it gets picked like that, that one that Aaron Rodgers threw that last year, right. Against the Niners. And he threw it up to Devontae Adams and everybody killed him for it. I'm like, dude, I'd rather have him do that than throw it to Scantling and Scantling drops it in the middle of the field and be like, yeah, well, that's to be expected, you know, because he's dropped the ball. Like, give your best wide receiver a chance to make a play in that situation. And if if he doesn't live with that result, like, that's just the way I think. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but that's the way I think about it. Yeah, no, I agree in most cases, you know, it. I just think, like, in the case of Rod, like, your more seasoned quarterbacks, like, you should know. Like, I don't know if you've seen it, but basically the play that eliminated from the Lions, they basically ran the exact same play that they did against the Niners, almost identical, and almost the exact same thing happened. If he, I think, though, against the, the Lions, the pressure was getting to him sooner than against the Niners. He had more time against the Niners to throw that uh, one across the middle. But you would just think, as a young quarterback, like, this has got to go. Yeah, no, I got <laughs> go. not to the six seven white guy out there. Yeah, let me let me ask you. So this is the last question. This is sort of a biased question. I guess I want to get your thoughts. Tua, Mostert, both were out in that game. Well, I think they were down to their third tackle. They 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 didn't have their second and their third corner. And I know the Bills had injuries too, but I like injuries uh not every injury is created equal okay you still had digs you still had allen you know you had all these guys they were missing von miller that's an important miss but my question to you if Mostert and Tua play in this game do you think the dolphins could have pulled it off it's hard to say with Tua, just because you don't know if they would have played the game totally different mm-hmm. you know like maybe they would have played tighter Maybe he would have Jimmy G'd Tua in that game. Like, we don't want this guy. They might might have felt more pressure. I do think if Mostert was was healthy, that might have switched because they might have been able to run the ball. Um, I mean, they had Jeff Wilson looked, you know, he he's so weird. He looked so great one week. And then, like, last week he looked like he was an 85-year-old dude trying to run. Like, he just – he looks so slow. <laughs> like, it looked like he's running in snow. Um, so, I, sometimes that it's just hard in that case because – I think they play different with Tua. Like, I don't think they're throwing it 45 times personally, because I don't think, as we've talked about before, I think they they both try to protect Tua and try to make him look like Justin Herbert. And I don't mm-hmm. know what they would do in a playoff game coming off a concussion. Like, Yeah, no, I, I just, I thought it would be an interesting question because if you look at Thompson's numbers, they weren't like incredible. I know there was a couple drops, Waddle, that stuff uh, and someone made the comment do you think that like receivers have a hard time adjusting to different balls because quarterbacks throw the ball differently it's a good question i'm not 100 percent sure because i've never played football with great quarterbacks multiple different quarterbacks you know like so i don't know i just thought it was a good question because i'll tell you if the dolphins could have moved the ball at all in that game because they did not move the ball well uh, and that defense produces the way that they did produce. I just don't see them not winning that game. That's kind of how I feel, but I'm yeah. biased. So, 
I do think the quarterback thing makes a difference a bit because they went from a left to a righty and the uh-huh. ball breaks opposite ways on passes when you throw it left or right-handed. So I think it makes a big difference. Okay. Thompson has played the last couple weeks. So it's not like halfway through the game, you went from a left-handed to a right-handed quarterback, but that's fair. Um, where do the dolphins go from here? Well, they have to, it sounds like two is going to come back, but you know, now you have to make the the fifth year. <laughs> yeah. The fifth, fifth year option choice on them. Uh, but I think, they're probably going to change defensive coordinators. It sounds like, like I just, they get stuck in that, that, you know, no, what a zero blitz, all out blitz, man to man, like too many times where it works in games. Like it looked, they looked amazing against Baltimore last yep. year where you're like, this is the greatest. We should just run this every play. But the two times, a couple of times against Buffalo, you know, you have digs just, it's a good throw. It's a touchdown. So I think they should, switch up defense and I think as we were texting like I think they need to move on from Gasicki like they to in order to incorporate that system they need a, a tight end fullback a mix of two that can actually like block and catch them like Gasicki if he comes in and he's in motion like <clears throat> the 49ers did it a bunch of times the Dolphins attempted to do it but they have their back in tight end where he just comes in motion it's like a kick out block like, like no one's worried that Mike Gasicki is going to kick out the end <laughs> so when he goes in motion, they're like, all right, well, this is probably isn't a run. So um, I think, you know, they need, they need to fix that aspect for their system to work. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll, I like Kasiki a lot, but he's definitely, he's like an afterthought in this offense for what he does. So he can go somewhere and get better stats by going to a system that's going to use more of what he likes to do. They need a block, more of a blocking tight end than a receiving tight end. Um, I would say, uh, I'm with you. I hope they get rid of Boyer. I hope that they make a run. I think Vic Fangio is still available. I hope they actually make a run at him because he's really good at getting his front four going and we need to get pressure without having to bring blitz all the time, which I feel like the dolphins have to do. Uh, although Phillips looks good. I like Phillips. He looks like he gets after the quarterback Chubb. He was dealing with an ankle injury apparently for most of the second half of the season, but he needs to get healthy. The back end needs to get healthy. And like, I guess a little bit of like a dream scenario for me. I don't want to say it's a dream scenario, more of like a kind of like, um, I wouldn't mind if this happens. I feel like if they went out and got someone and, and this won't happen because it shows a lack of faith in Tua, but just a veteran, like I was thinking Derek Carr, I would, I would like, I think Derek Carr had, has a Matthew Stafford type career right now where he's just in a situation always going against him. The coaches are bad. <laughs> the, 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 he, he doesn't, he never had Kelvin Johnson, obviously, which makes his career different. But that year when he had rugs before rugs had that huge, he, he looked good for the first half of that year with Gruden and then rugs got injured. I mean, not injured, but got into that mess and then he lost him. So anyway, point being, I kind of am intrigued by Derek Carr. I wonder if Mike McDaniels can get the most out of him with his big arms, but I think you're right. I think they'll stick with Tua and we'll see what they do. Maybe, maybe Thompson will just be the backup next year. Let Bridgewater go. Spring and Tom Brady. <laughs> well, it sounds like he might be in Vegas next year. We'll, we'll have to talk about that. That'll be a, 
and the last thing I'll say, just fix that offensive line. All resources in the offensive line. Okay, we are moving at a snail's pace right now, so maybe we'll pick it up a little bit. Uh, let's uh, because I know you got to work and stuff. So let's uh talk about the next game. This was kind of like the upset of the day, I would say, even though a lot of people were kind of waffling back and forth. I thought it'd be a one possession game. The Giants ended up beating the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Giants had a 14, I believe it was a 17, um, seven lead at one point. And then the Vikings sort of came back and then there was that drop pass on the last drive of the game for the Giants that would have put the game away. The Vikings get the ball and we're all like, here we go. Because then Kirk Cousins gets this, uh, and it's not his fault, but he gets this absurd roughing the passer call, which I thought was atrocious. Most people do. Get to the 50-yard line. Some reason throws a ball 10 yards short than it needs to be. I I know it was like five. It was a fourth and eight, and he ended up only throwing it three yards downfield. And then the Giants end up winning that game 31-24. Your thoughts on that game, Clint? Um, I never wanted the Vikings to win as much in my life because the Niners would have just absolutely boat raced them. <laughs> That's all I could think of. I was like, oh my gosh, I want the Vikings to win so bad. But they're just, you know, the whole one score 11 and 0 going into it. Like the Packers had this a couple of years ago where they were like seven and one and one score games. And like, it, you can only ride that wave so long. Like, you know, it just it runs out and they're not that their defense is so poor and slow that the Giants they basically took last week off. They basically had a bye week getting ready for this game. So just Dayball showed he's a good coach. He got Daniel Jones that looked like unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> like that game was like put that in the Hall of Fame for what a coach can do to a quarterback that you think is toast. Yeah. Um, but I think it just the Vikings were like fake good all year. They still could have won that game. Their offense is legit. It's not like, you know, their whole team was hot garbage, but that defense is so bad that, you know, even the giants who don't have a great offense, but any team with an offense is just going to put points up on them. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with your assessment. I, I, I thought Daniel Jones, uh, he also had 78 yards rushing, which shows like, Dayball's willingness to use him in his strengths, no matter what they are. Uh, you think the Giants have to resign him now? Yeah, I I don't know how you don't like. Yeah. M- maybe maybe you can get like similar to like Gino. Not it doesn't have to be short term, but maybe you can get a bit of a deal because it's just one one good year type of thing. And yeah. I I think most teams like I think similar to like if someone left the Shanahan system, you know, like. Everyone watching it's kind of like, is he really good or is this just <laughs> the system is what fits this guy? So I, I, I don't know how you don't you don't have a number one pick where you're going to trade, you know, for a quarterback or draft a quarterback. So I mean, I guess you could draft one in the mid rounds and just say we want to develop a guy, but I don't, I don't know who they're going to get to upgrade. Like I don't think Tom Brady is going to the Giants. <laughs> no. You know, like, he, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's going to the job. You know, like all these upgrades that you might have, like, I don't know if they're really like half these guys, you don't want Derek Carr in the cold. You don't mm-hmm. want Matt Ryan. Like, like, I don't know who they would bring in that would again, unless someone has to be there. So you gotta probably gotta pay the dude. 
Hopefully I, you get him for around 30 and not 45. <laughs> yeah, I agree, though. I agree. I think they have to bring him back. Dayball has shown he can win with him. You wonder if he gets actual weapons, like in the receiver spot, if he can look a little better because he doesn't really have receivers. But I would also argue, does he not have receivers or is he just not a good quarterback and thus looks like he doesn't have receivers? There's that part of it, too. Uh, you like because like Christian Kirk this year is a prime example. I, I'm not saying Kyler Murray isn't a good quarterback, but like that was a really good signing in, for Jacksonville in hindsight. But we didn't think he could be that good because the way he looked in Arizona. So I just a little, you know, especially Galladay. Galladay to me is the one that baffles me the most. I don't know what happened to him. Um, but I would, you know, for the Vikings. I just want to say Cousins wasn't necessarily the problem in that game. I just want to make that he was 31 of 39. He threw two touchdowns. The the Giants did a really good job blanketing um, New York. But everybody's going to remember this game for that last pass. And he's going to get blamed for it. Although it was, like you said, that defense is so slow. It was the defense's fault. Yeah, it's just, you know, when it comes down to, I guess that's why you get paid $40 million a year to be the mm-hmm. quarterback. Like, if he throws up like like that pass, like was it against Buffalo that uh, Justin Jefferson caught? Like he just ripped it out one hand. Like, oh, what a throw! Like it's just a he just chucked it in the air and Justin Jefferson. So when you're a quarterback, you get credit for throwing a terrible duck in the air that your receiver makes a great catch. But when you check it down on fourth and eight for three yards, like I don't know, you kind of gotta <laughs> you kind of gotta take what you get when you do that. Correct. Yeah. And I agree. Uh, like you got to take, so that goes back to the same point with the, the Skylar Thompson thing. Like you gotta, like, you know, Justin Jefferson can win those tough catches, like those jump ball catches, uh, Adam Thielen, even like, I, I think he, like why you go to Hawkinson on a three yard route is kind of baffling to me. He said he was feeling like he was going to be sacked, so he just wanted to give their players a chance. I'm like thinking to myself, if you really wanted to give your players a chance, why didn't you throw it beyond like to someone that was beyond the eight yards? That's what I don't understand. So he he, he gets a little bit of, of a blame for that, and he deserves it. But I just I don't know why the, these quarterbacks like won't be like, hey, my six foot four awesome wide receiver that can win jump balls, who've caught balls with one hand you know, being draped all over. Maybe I should just give him a shot, you know? I thought there was like two or three things weird about that play. Like one, Jefferson, Thielen, even KJ Osborne, they were all going deep. You know, like Jefferson was running and in and out, like way down the field. Like, I don't know if you got time, like Wink Martindale blitzes. And it was Mm -hmm. obvious he was coming with some pressure there. And then uh, Hawkinson, like he tried to chip before he ran so he could only get three yards and I always think like again these guys know more football than me but on that play like Delvin Cook's in the backfield and he's there to block like if he just doesn't block there's no one covering him you know like I don't know why in some of those plays they don't just like flare out you can just you could throw the zero yard pass but there's literally no one on the left side of that field because it's just all man Um, but I don't know I thought it was weird that you have all your receivers deep and it seemed like your your plan on that play was that Hawkinson was going to get at least eight yards on that out and that's where you're going to go with the ball (laughs) yeah and and to your point about the Delvin Cook thing like I get like that might not be but the Dolphins did that like right they had Jeff Wilson they like a fourth and 
it was like a fourth and eight or fourth and 10. They kind of just kicked it out to Jeff Wilson and he cut, he got the first down because he had one guy to beat. Like you trust your running back to get that. He's more shiftier. He's faster. That one yard versus your tight end who's chip blocking, which slows him down. And then he has to outrun whoever's going to be on his hip, you know, after he catches the ball for three yards. So yeah, I, I, I didn't understand that play at all. Getting getting your running back in space, like you mentioned, would have been better. Yeah, I don't know what these NFL sometimes I think that NFL coaches, honestly, they're they're really smart that they just outsmart themselves sometimes. They're like, oh, what if I try this? It's like, no, just like I always use this term. They're they're playing they're playing chess when they should be playing checkers. Like, you know, there's moments where you're just like, let's just do this because this is what we're good at. And they're like, oh, we gotta do this re- really crazy thing that's gonna work out and it you know rarely ever does so um okay where do the vikings go from here i don't know this might be like uh they have some cap issues i don't know what they're gonna do with you know delvin cook's getting old he's got a big cap number they gotta do something on defense because all those guys harrison smith eric they just look slow and that was on in in a dome so um they worry me about their longevity with what they've kind of put together. Like I know they have Justin Jefferson, so you kind of got to keep going for it. Yep. But I don't know what they're going to do because this is probably the fluke of all fluke years where you go 11 and 0 and one score games until the playoffs. And I mean, maybe they can, maybe that division will just be kind of mediocre with, you know, teams knocking each other off. If Rogers isn't there and you have a bunch of 10 and seven teams, you know, all in that range, but they got to figure out that you can't have a defense that bad and want to yeah. compete because th- they weren't beating anyone. I, I think the Giants were probably the only team they would have had a shot to beat because the Giants D is leaky too. They're a lot in the middle there. So they might be in some trouble. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they need to go to the route of the Chiefs where the Chiefs like got rid of a lot of their older players and just brought young potential in because at least your defense will be a little faster, right? Like that's kind of what they have to do. And like they got to get people on cheap deals because like you said, they look, they look so slow and you don't have a lot of cap room. So that's the only way I can think of them um, doing sort of like a quick fix. Hey, we're not going to be like great on defense, but we can be fast. Like that's something, right? So yeah. Okay, let's talk about our next game. Uh the the Bengals, uh the Ravens at the Bengals. The Bengals won this game 24-17. Turning point of the game was probably uh when Huntley went to about a yard and a half away from the uh, end zone, went to just do what Trevor Lawrence did when he was just a yard away from the end zone. And uh, he lost the ball, went into Sam Hubbard's hand, and he just ran 98 yards for a touchdown. And then that was it. So the Ravens, won't, I mean, lost the game 24 to 17. Like I mentioned, your thoughts on that game, Clint? I think I texted you this. Like, I don't think the Bengals should have won that game. <laughs> like, no, I that agree. Was, that was, you know, minus that play, which, again, it looks stupid because it turned out to be a fumble. And he he's he's not a tall guy. He's not 6'6 six, six or 6'7 six, Trevor Lawrence. He's like 5'10 or 5'11. So it looks stupid in that aspect from that far out like he didn't have a running jump either so he was close enough he could just hand it over like tom brady does sometimes too um Mm -hmm. but if if you're the Bengals, like it has to worry you i mean maybe they can get by but but their offensive line they lost another guy like 
you know, their offensive line is in worse shape than it was last year. Granted, they got to the Super Bowl last year, but that ended up kind of costing them. So it just it's like one of those ugly wins that you take. But I don't know if, if I was a if I was a Bengals fan, I wouldn't be leaving that game like, all right, this is <laughs> we're on track for the Super Bowl. Yeah, it sounded like the players weren't really impressed with themselves either, which is good, which is funny because they play the Bills this coming week. And if you have to say like both these teams need to get back on track, really, because both of them did not look that great this past weekend. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. You know, the one thing that surprised me a lot about the Ravens, and let me just J.K. Dobbins looked pretty good in that game. And he only, you know, it's your your last game of the year. He only touched, you know, gets 13 carries. He almost had five yards of carry. Like, how he doesn't touch the ball more and that play, that quarterback sneak, how do you not just run the ball? Like, that's the thing I don't understand. Like, you, you got this guy who's averaging five yards of carry. Your offensive line right now is doing a really good job with run blocking. Why not just run it with Dobbins? Like, it seemed to me like, I don't know. You you kind of called the the play like you had Lamar Jackson out there and you didn't, and it's kind of backfired. I just don't get that. So I, it was just surprising me how little Dobbins was used for how successful he was, and that, that especially that play on fourth. I mean, uh, it, what I don't know what down it was. I don't think it was he fourth was or one. It was third. He was but, third. They had two shots to get one yard, basically. Yeah, I don't know why you don't just try Dobbins up the middle or you know, to the outside, get them in some space. I, that that surprised me. Yeah, especially too, because they mentioned earlier in the game, like they were just going to run at Hed- uh, Hendrickson. Yeah, because he had that broken hand, broken thumb or whatever. So he's got a mm-hmm. cast on. So they were just carving him up. Like, like I think, it, again, it falls into, we kind of overthought what what we should be doing. And I get the, the whole thing with the quarterback sneak. Like you can push the guy. So, and they obviously designed the play. It looked like for him just to go low and just to get the first down, not even get a touchdown. But again, backup quarterback, not saying he wanted some glory on his name for going for the touchdown. But again, you know, when you're that close, that instinct to stick the ball out. But I don't know. It just, I think the Ravens overthought it. And that was their shot to go up. And I think that they didn't have enough. After, like on that last drive, which again, terrible, terrible uh, coaching when it comes to timing. But yeah, time management. I felt again. like if they went up that game, I felt like if that if they went up, that game was over. That the yeah. way they were pass rushing the Ravens, the Bengals didn't seem too interested in running it like they should. And I don't know, not that the Ravens would have went past it because I think Lamar is pouting, but lost chance. Yeah, very much so. I agree. Uh, Ravens, where do they go from here? Well, they definitely need to figure out their offense. Like, not just Lamar. Like, I don't know. It seems it seems not to be uh, in a good place with Lamar. Um, not that he was sandbagging it not to play in that game, but um, I don't know. So, are they going to tag him? I don't think they're going to offer him the two hundred fifty guaranteed like he wants. So, with the with the weapons they have, I don't know. They're in a hard spot. Their defense is good, so you you don't want to be like. Like, oh, just get rid of them. But I don't know if someone offers you three first round picks for Lamar, what are you going to do? Well, here's the thing. And I agree. Like it's going to be pretty interesting because like there's two teams that have two picks in the top 20 this year that 
I think only two teams, but at least two teams. And that those are the Lions and Seahawks, right? And if you traded Lamar, if you're not fully committed to him, to get a top 10 pick and a top 20 pick, you would love that for, for your court, that quarterback. Especially if you're like, we're just not getting in with, with him. I don't know if those teams, I think, I think Seattle's really invested in, in Gino right now. The Lions, Goff had such a good year. I feel like, do you bring in Lamar to tie up fifty million in cap money, and you can't fix your defense now? Like, do do you do that, and you also get rid of all your resources? It's so hard to say because it also could be like, yeah, if we bring Lamar in here, we're just going to own the NFC North for ten years, you know, or whatever it is. So that's that's the dilemma. But yeah, I I don't know what they should do. I guess they just got to figure out is Huntley a good enough starter to win in this league? And if not, do we want to go with Jackson or get a different quarterback? And what can we get for Jackson if he doesn't want to stay here? I think they need to move on with their um, offense coordinator. Too. Yeah. Like they just, they're still stuck in the same, like they haven't like, again, Lamar's not, you know, Joe Montana slinging the ball around there, but they got to change a few things up because even with Lamar, like they get to the playoffs and teams kind of, all right, we know what's coming. The yeah. game is different speed, different physicality. Um, I would probably, if someone's going to offer me to, like if the Seahawks were going to give you Gino, you know, sign him into some contract, trade him, and their two first round picks, like I, <laughs> I don't know how you pass on that, especially if, if he really doesn't want to be there. I know they can tag him for the next two years, but like, I don't know, like, but if he's going to be like this the entire entire time, why would you want him there? Because all he's going to do is fight. Because like J.K. Dobbins mentioned after the game, well, if Lamar played, we'd probably win. It's like, do you really want that hanging over your head like the entire time? Is he, he going to be upset because he's on the franchise tag now? You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't, I don't know if there's any benefit for them to use the franchise tag unless if you're going to trade them. Otherwise, you got to get a deal done. Other or I just think it's just going to be this way for the next year until yeah. you franchise them again. Yeah, and it's hard, you know, like like you met the Seahawks or the Lions. Like they haven't built their team to play with a quarterback like Lamar. Like I know yeah. he's and he's good, can be great, but like the Lions aren't built to have Lamar as their quarterback. Like the way no. they built that team. No. So that would be a big, a big U-turn. I'm sure they have the offensive line and you could adapt the running game in that, but you know, then you're going to have four wide. They have four, four good receivers and two of them are going to be complaining that Lamar is throwing up the ball. So, well, yeah, I don't think him and Brown would work good together. Cause Brown's all <laughs> about like timing, timing routes in the middle of the field. Him and Williams would probably work good together. Jamison Williams, because that guy's a burner, but and even Swift, like you can get those dump ball passes. You got some speed around there, but like you said, those short, those short, short area throws like, yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown isn't going to be thrilled that Lamar threw a four yard pass at his ankle. See, my, I didn't, if Goff did not have a good year, like let's say if his numbers were like, you know, 17 and 15, like 17 touchdown, 15 interceptions and the Lions think I'd be more open to the idea of bringing in Lamar Jackson because you're like, well, we got to get a quarterback. But now it's like, I don't know. Goff can play good enough. And if you get a better defense, I just don't like they could they could be the best team next year in the NFC if they just do those. Two. I mean, not NFC, but, you know, what I mean? uh, NFC North, if if they fix their defense, that's all they have to do. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. 
we're not here talking about the Lions offseason, but the 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 Baltimore Ravens definitely have a big decision to make with Lamar. Okay, let's talk about the last game. We don't have to spend a, too much time on this one. This is the I, I would say probably the most surprising outcome in the sense that like I thought the Cowboys were gonna go up. I think I told Eric yesterday 20 to 6, and then Brady would find a way to win the game. That's because that's what the Bucks would do it. Um but the the Dallas Cowboys just in, controlled that entire game and they won 31 to 14. I mean, Dak Prescott played really good. Tom Brady did not play so good. That defense got shredded. I, not that that defense has been great all year. So, uh your thoughts on the game? It was like you say it was ugly. Like again, I picked the Buccaneers wouldn't have been shocked that the Cowboys won. I just thought time off a couple of guys came back from injury maybe they would actually put together some kind of offensive plan but holy they have no they had it was such a hot mess i don't even know what tampa bay is doing like i know they can't run the ball that good but that was just an epic disaster it was ugly <laughs> like, okay, i don't so, even know what to say like it wasn't even close i know i turned it off at halftime honestly it was just like it wasn't worth watching the rest of the game you know, and I know, you know, we just watched one team come back from, I just felt the vibes were just so different. I, I, I don't know. It didn't feel like the Chargers Jacksonville game. Um, Do you think this is more of a statement by the Cowboys or more of like an indictment of the Buccaneers? I think it's more an indictment on the Buccaneers. Like, I mean, the Cowboys played good and I was, I was impressed a few of those drives, like they just took it to them, but uh, especially on, offense like that was just a dumpster fire like i the cowboys defense is fine they have a pretty good pass rush but with all their injuries there's the way you should put up six legitimate points on the cowboys with tom brady yeah correct yeah no i agree i think it was more of an indictment of the bucks it's just funny because if tom brady wasn't the quarterback i think most of us would have predicted the cowboys to win and maybe even win big but it's just this year that they had, it was all about Tom Brady finding a way to come back. And it's like, well, it's Tom Brady, you know, you know, because the, Dallas is the more talented team, you know, they, yeah, I, but yeah, they, their coaches are roughly the same. I think they're both not that great. So anyway, uh, where do the, where do the bucks go from here? Um, well, I think it's either Tom Brady or they got a lot of guys to get rid of. <laughs> like I don't know what their what their their backup plan is. I know Brady can leave, but I think they'll do like a two year extension. But it's just for cap hit purposes. He's not actually going to stay next year. So I don't know. I don't. They don't have a bright future if Tom Brady. They didn't have a good year anyhow. But you know, you figure Leonard Fournette's going to be gone. I don't know if Mike Mike Evans or Chris Godwin are going to win or be gone. If you're throwing out whoever their backup, I forgot his name, but like whoever they got back there. And I don't think they're—I don't think they are good enough to trade for or go after like Derek Carr. Is Derek Carr going to make the Buccaneers twelve and twelve and five? I don't think so. So they might just—this might be a clean house of everything over the next two years. And just thanks, Tom. We got a Super Bowl. Back to the bottom. Yeah, I agree. I think Tom should. I think he's going to go somewhere else. I don't know if you heard his press conference after the game, but it sounded like he was thanking the Bucks media for his time spent there. So I think he'll end up somewhere else. 
if I had to predict, Vegas is the spot I think he'll go. That's my my prediction. Go with Josh McDaniels. You get Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs there. I just think that a Hunter Renfro, I think he'll love Hunter Renfro and uh, Darren Waller. So I think that's where he'll wind up. For it. But as for the Buccaneers, I told my brother this, who's a huge Bucks fan. I haven't talked to him about the game yet, but I told him that if they lost this game, I would just blow it up. Keep your young players. Trade away Mike Evans. Eric loves Mike Evans. Bucks fans do, but it's just like he's 30, 31. Just trade him. Get what you can for him because by the time you're good again, he's not going to be good anymore. Like just clean house. Get your young players. I think Kyle's Trask is that backup they had behind Brady last couple years. See if he got anything. Otherwise, draft a quarterback in the first round this year or wait till next year after you have a bad season. But that's what I would do. I would just blow it up. It's it's time. You're old. Get get young. I would agree. Just you got your Super Bowl out of your risk. Time to move on. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Okay. You ready to talk about this week's games coming up, the divisional round? Okay, so we only got four games, so this should go, you know, fairly quickly, but um, we're also going to take a little bit of time to talk about each game. So let's start with the Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's, uh, why don't we do this? Are you prepared two questions for every game? Why don't we hit your two questions and then we'll predict, you know, do a little bit more talking and then predict the game. So let's get your first question about this game. All right, I'll start with the simple one. Are the Chiefs going to overlook the Jaguars? It's possible. It is possible. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw that out there. We've seen the Chiefs do that before. So, yeah, do you think? I, part of me says they might, but I think the Chiefs are good enough, and the Jaguars aren't quite good enough that if they do for a half, <laughs> they can recover. Granted that they don't get down. I don't think they can get down twenty-seven to nothing and come back on the Jaguars. But I don't know. You you built up this whole playing the the bills again in Atlanta possibly and you're like oh well there's the Jaguars <laughs> no I agree totally could overlook them but I think that it would be like you said if it happens it would be a case where like they overlook them to start the game maybe the Jaguars get like a 14 point lead and then the the Chiefs come back and win in, in a tight game um it, that could be possible it kind of reminds me of the Texans game not too long back like two, three years ago, the Texans were actually in the pay- playoff with Deshaun Watson. I don't know if people remember that. It feels like eons ago, but they were up, what, 24 to nothing. The Chiefs came back and won. I just see they overlooked the Texans and then came back. I just think that could happen here as well. So that's that's a good question. What's your next one? So is there some kind of matchup in this game that you're looking forward to? I, uh, okay, so the matchup that I kind of like, it's not like a match. I, I just want to see how Trevor Lawrence handles the moment. That's so I guess maybe it's like Trevor Lawrence versus the moment, you know, that it's a silly, maybe a cop out even because there's not like a one-on-one matchup, you know, people will they'll be like, well, Lawrence versus Mahomes, that's going to be a fun matchup. It's like, well, they don't really match up. You just compare stats, you know, they're going against, but that, that that's a fun matchup. You like it. But Lawrence last week came out a little shaky. He had a couple tip passes, but it seemed like after he kind of like evened out a little bit, you know, he got going. So will this moment, will he start the same way? Will he start a little shaky? He can't do that against the Chiefs because the Chiefs, if they get their opportunity, they're going to go up 28 points very quickly. So that's what I'm most interested in this in this game as far as like matchups. Yeah, I wrote down the 
the linebackers of the Jaguars against Kelsey and McKinnon. Mm. Like, you know, they have Foyce at Aluakon. Love him on my dynasty team, but he sucks. <laughs> he sucks in coverage. And I, I was worried the last game. I thought they were going to go after him, like with Eckler, but they put Devin Lloyd in more. Their rookie guy who's more of a side to side. So I didn't know like what they're going to, how they're going to approach it. Like, are they going to try to cover Kelsey and McKinnon with those guys, or are they going to try to pass rush? Cause I don't think they can do both against the chiefs. Like they got to, they got to make a decision. Like you're going to, you're going to try to put him in space with Travis Kelsey. Cause, uh, in that Titans game, that touchdown to the tight end and the long play, that was Luakon trying to cover a tight end. He he can't cover guys. So I just I, the chess match of how they're going to play defense against the Chiefs interested me a tad. No, I like that one. Um, do you have an X factor in this game? That I'd probably put McKinnon. Okay. I wonder how they're going to because I think the Jaguars like again the Chiefs don't have receivers that would make you like. Oh no, <laughs> you know, they don't have those kind of receivers. They have Patrick Mahomes, but the Chiefs have gone all, all in on McKinnon and putting him out in space. So, yeah, if, that, if he has a big game. If they can't get on top of him in the passing game, I, they're not going to stop him in the red zone. Yeah, I agree. I wanted to see, um, let's see here. I just wanted to get to the regular season rushing i i i look at uh etn i kind of think can be an x factor because of his speed uh good running ability um the chiefs aren't great defensively i think they're in like 19th in defense and they're not really great at stopping the run so i just wonder about um him being an x factor because if he can get loose for a couple big runs if the jaguars can control the, the game in that way I think that this could come down to the wire. So I, I kind of have ETN as my X factor in that, that Jaguars running game. Yeah, I would agree. They got to be able to, they got to be able to eat clock. This isn't the chargers. Co- correct. Yeah, correct. Okay. Let's pick the game. Who you got? Um, I had the chiefs 20, 31 to 23. Ooh. Okay. Still a pretty close game. I, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I just I think the Chargers will put some points up at the end. Like if, even if it's a blowout, like Trevor Lawrence is good enough to score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter if it were a blowout. I don't think the Chiefs will destroy them, but if it got away, it might look closer than it actually is. Yeah, I I think it's going to be close. I'm going to say it still ends up like a two-score game, probably the Chiefs scoring to put the game out of reach. I I have 34-20, but I have the Chiefs as well. And and it's probably like my my game flow is going to be 27-20, the Chiefs puts a touchdown up to put the game away sort of thing. So, um okay, Giants Eagles, what's your first question about that game? Is Jalen Hurts going to shine or is he going to play passive? Like, is 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 he going to be good or is, is this injury worse than we think? I, it's funny because they like, they openly are talking about the injury. And then like, I think the coach there said uh, that he's a fast healer or something like that it was really weird. I don't know. I'm a little nervous because of the way that the season ended for the Eagles and Hurts still kind of not, he didn't really look good that last game they played. And I believe it was against the Giants, was it not? So I, and I think against their second string players too. So 
I'm a, I'm a little worried. I, I think that I'm going to be positive, though. I want to see the best version of every team. So I'm going to say that hopefully we get the the Jalen Hurts healthy first half of the season, guys, so that we can see the best version of the Eagles. Yeah, Selfishly, I would like to see Jalen Hurts run all over, re-hurt his shoulder at the end of the game, <laughs> <laughs> and they win. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little nervous. Like, just for the fact is, if he has any hesitation to run or take a hit, like that puts a big dent in their offense. If he's just not going to keep taking off or instead of going for 20 yards, he just runs out of bounds at eight because he doesn't want to take a hit. Like it, maybe it's just a whole rope of dope and he's going to come out and they're going to chuck the ball over the field. But it makes me nervous that two weeks ago, he looked like hot garbage. And then, I know he's had two weeks of play in this game, but again, it's two weeks of not being hit. No one's around you. I don't know. The Giants are coming in hot, so I don't know. The, it, and what happens if the Giants get up fourteen nothing because <laughs> because of you know you had the off week, you're rusty. Yeah, no, I agree. This is this is the upset potential this game is. I believe. Uh, what's your second question? So it kind of tails with that. How aggressive is Wink Martindale going to be? they going to blitz or are they going to play more like against the Vikings? Cause they held Delvin cook. I think it was six catches for 10 yards. So he was a little more passive in that game. Are they going to come after him? I think the fact that he, you know, the way he played last time, him having this injury, if I was the defensive coordinator, I'd go all in, like, just go like, Hey, we're going to hit him as much as we can to see if that shoulder holds up, you know, type thing, not to be dirty, but to be like, Hey, we can, you know, get him thinking about getting hit every time. So that's what I would do. I think that's what the giants should do. Yeah, I would agree. I've just put an extra guy on AJ Brown. Cause he's, I mean, I know Devonta Smith, but he's not like a deep jump ball type of guy. He's kind of across the middle, move your way down the field, but I would definitely put pressure on him and make him think about it all day and just, if you get a shot at him, take a shot at him. And if if he throws a bunch of jump balls and they get completed, all right, again, this is another game. You're probably a heavy underdog. So, Yeah, I agree. Uh, X-Factor for you? You got X-Factor? Daniel Jones. I know that's that was mine, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is, is he for real? Like, is it just he played the Vikings, so he looked like Joe Montana that could run, or he looked like Steve Young basically last week, or – I mean, the Eagles defense hasn't been great, but I guess it'll go a long way. If, 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 even if he just plays decent and they don't get blown out. Like, I think it's Daniel Jones. Is he going to regress and turn it over? Yeah, that was my X factor. Can he play like a clean game like he did in Minnesota? Uh, has his confidence level gotten to that point where he's going to start like thinking he can do this? And could this potentially be another because, you know, Dayball's crazy enough to, like, try thing, different things out and stuff. Like, he's a coach that would not want to play against, no matter which team I am. So, yeah, I'm interested to see if he, you know, uh, Daniel Jones continues his his sort of hot streak. Or, like you said, was it the byproduct of the Vikings just being so bad on defense? You know, so we'll have to wait and see about that. Uh, who do you got in this game? Uh, I have the Eagles, 23-20. I am going with the Eagles as well. I am going to go um, 27-20. So one point. uh, No, I'm going to go 27-23. 27-23. 
Okay, Bengals at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, why is this not a coin flip game? That's what I want to know right away. I don't understand how only the Chiefs-Bills game was a coin flip game when the Bengals were hurt by the decision not to play that game as well. That baffles me. But anyway, what were your two questions? Uh, will the Bengals actually commit to running the ball? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. They need to. Uh the problem is, is I think what three of their offense alignment are hurt right now. So are they just like in the same position where they were last season, basically where they have no offensive line and how, how is that going to affect that run game? Are You know, like, are they going to be able to run it? Not will they commit, but like, you're right. They should commit, but when they do that, are they going to be able to run it or no? That's, that's, that's part of the, the complexity of that question, I guess. Yeah. I, I still think some teams they get away from it a little too soon. Mm-hmm. Like I know you're not running for five yards a clip, so it's not like, eh, but you got to run it some just to at least sell a play action. Um, yep. But you're right. Like the way that that offense line is, if they can't run the ball at all, like I think you might be in trouble. My follow up question to that is: Is the Bills' defense even good? So it's kind of like a counter to like I don't know: Are the Bills even? Is their defense even good? Oh, that's tough because what I, you know, like the, the, the defense got a little fortunate against the dolphins. Not only there were their drop passes, but like, um, you know, one, one, one pass breakup, Skylar Thompson threw the ball just a little short. If he led Waddle, that's a touchdown, you know, type thing. But you know, and that happens. I, I don't think. Mac Jones had his best like half against them like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I don't think they're as good as what people are kind of propping them up to be because partly because of the injuries, but yeah, I'm, I don't know if they're as good as what people are thinking that because we have a mindset of the beginning of the year, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I like that tape against the dolphins, like wasn't great. I know he was only 18 for 45, but like you said, the dolphins, move the ball. Jalen Waddle had a couple drops. Like there was a lot there to make you think, I don't know, but maybe they can get enough of a pass rush. And I think this game is basically going to come down to the Bills pass rush. If they can get to um, Burrow reasonably quick, like it kind of negates what they want to do. And if you can keep the, I know they worked on it all year, the checking down, playing short, not trying to throw it deep all the time, but I still think if your offensive line is that bad, you're probably not going to score a lot of touchdowns because, you know, your deep threat goes away when it's first and goal at the 10 yard line. Correct. And it also is important for Josh Allen to like, not to give extra possessions to the Bengals because unlike the dolphins, the Bengals will most likely hurt you (laughs) for giving you those extra possessions. So. Agreed. Uh, Okay. Who do you have in this game? I have Buffalo 27-23. Okay. I am going to actually zig a little bit here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Bengals here. I think it's gonna be a really close game, though. I'm gonna go 30 to 27. I I don't know. I just don't trust the Bills defense. I know that the offensive line for the Bengals are hurting a little bit, but I also wonder um, you know, how Baltimore stifled them that number one division opponent and Baltimore has one of the better defenses in the league. So I just think that factors into why the bill 
Baltimore looked so poor and why that game was so close. Whereas I know the Dolphins are a division rival, but they, you know, again, they were down to the third string quarterback. How did they keep that game close? So I'm more worried about the Bills than the Bengals. I also think the Bills are going to want to stick it to the the Bengals are going to want to stick it to the Bills because they're going to be like, guess what? We we don't care where we play you. We might have got job, but we're gonna we're gonna play you strong here. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those like Demar Hamlin shows up at the stadium, it, <laughs> like total emotional swings both ways. Because you're right, the Bengals can be like. I don't know. We were looking pretty good in that game, and somehow we're up here in our divisional round. Yeah, and that that if Demar Hamill shows up, that could go either way for the Bills. It might make them too emotional, you know. Like you, you, there's that aspect as well. Okay, um, last game: Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. What's your first question, Clint? What Dak Prescott are we going to get? <laughs> are we going to get? Last night, Dak Prescott, or are we going to get Houston Texans Dak Prescott? Uh, the Dak Prescott that the way Dak, Dak Prescott looks when he's constantly under pressure, that's the Dak Prescott you're going to get. He's not going to look as good as he did against the Bucs. I know that everybody, especially Cowboy fans, are really excited right now. They're like, oh, man, but just think about who they beat, okay? The team with the losing record that barely won their division with a bunch of other teams with losing records. So, I don't know. I think there's a little too much hype going the Cowboys way. I think the Cowboys are going to, you know, Dak's going to be under a ton of pressure. I think that's going to obviously change the way he plays. And uh, I think he's going to revert a little bit back to the, the, the average to below average Dak Prescott. And he's not going to look as good as he did this week. That's for sure. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> like, Again, like I told you, I can be uh, Captain Pessimism over here with my teams, but I think you're probably going to get a middle ground. Like, I don't think he's going to look – well, I mean, he can look terrible if he wants, but I don't think he's going to look terrible where you're like, who is this dude? But I don't think he's going to look like last night because, like you said, he's going to be under pressure. Um, it's a bigger game. They actually have fans. You know, the Tampa fans are, are – you know, they are what they are, but – We'll just hope for uh, Houston. We'll we'll shoot for Houston Texan Dak Prescott. <laughs> there, there you go, or the the Washington Commanders <laughs> Dak Prescott. Yeah. Oh, oh, what's your second question? Is the 49ers defense a little overrated? Ooh, good question. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so, and the reason why is because, you know, last week they did give up 17 points in the first half to the Seahawks. Uh, one of those was a long touchdown where Ward got beat by one of the best, better wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, but then that that late hit by Ward also, <laughs> like, put him up. But I think once they 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 came, they came, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like they, they, they scored – a junk time touchdown in the second half. That's all they gave up in the second half. And the Seattle Seahawks are a familiar opponent for, you know, they're division opponents. So they know more how to attack the 49ers than what the Cowboys will, in my opinion, because they play each other three times a year. So, or, or this year, at least they played three times a year. So I don't think they're that overrated, um, but I don't know. You tell me you're, you watch most of their games more than I do. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm a tad worried 
that if their pass rush, like that first half against Seattle, the pass rush was fine, but it didn't get home. And, you know, they have Kavarius Ward. He didn't play a Granted, he didn't play a good game against Seattle. I mean, he had been really good the other two games against DK Metcalf, but all it takes is the dude's huge and fast. One play, yeah. you miss time, and it's a touchdown. So I'm worried about their other, you know, Lenore, not that great. It's a tackling machine, but that's after he gives up catches. So i a little worried if they cannot get home quick enough, the Cowboys are explosive enough to put up points. Mm-hmm. So I actually think this is going to be a very high scoring game. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Okay. So, um, I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. What do you, what do you got for, uh, this Sunday then? Who do you have? So I have the 49ers winning 37 to 31. Oh, wow. I think the Cowboys defense is not that good. And they lost. I don't know if he'll play curse their safety he got hurt in that game if he can't go like i'm not worried about the 49ers putting up points on the cowboys i think they would easily get into the the 20s um, but i think the cowboys will get deep on the, the niners a couple of times and make it a kind of a shootout Okay, here's what I think is going to happen. I don't think this game is going to be that close. I think you're being too pessimistic, but you should be that way. Just, you know, you got to guard your heart. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think the Cowboys are, I mean, the Niners are going to go up pretty early by two scores. It's going to force the Cowboys to drop back and pass. And once you know that that team has to pass the ball, the pass rush is just going to be insanely good because they just like can pin their ears back and go after Dak. I think Dak's going to make a couple mistakes because that's what he does when he's under pressure. And I know most quarterbacks do that, but it, particularly Dak Prescott's makes like pick six types of, um, inter, you know, like touchdowns, pick sixes type mistakes. And I think that this is actually going to be a blowout in my opinion. I'm going to say it's going to be 20 to 38 49ers. I think a late touchdown by the Cowboys to make it look better, but hey, I will gladly accept your yeah, answer to that. But that would be lovely. I, I feel like it's the nineties again. 49ers, Cowboys, or 49 or Packers, Cowboys. It's like, oh. Well, here's here's yeah, I just I just don't I think what people are looking at is they're looking at the way they played against the box and they're like, oh man, this team, look at what they're capable of. It's like, yeah, when you're playing a bad team, this is what they're capable of. Or like a below average team, that's what they're capable of. It's like when you're playing the probably the best team in the playoffs so far, like right now, if you had to pick a team who's you're like, man, I just think they're gonna get to the Super Bowl. It, to me, it's the 49ers, like you know, that that played advanced wild card weekend, they looked the most impressive that played a team that I think is better than the Bucs. I think Seattle is better than the Bucs. So I don't know. I'm I I think it's gonna be I think you're gonna be okay. I think by halftime you're gonna be opening up a beer and like just you know closing your eyes just to take a nap just to see how much the 49ers win by you know whatever oh, my Brock another touchdown oh did he beat Montana yet no all right well let me know when he does you're gonna text me about how uh uh pretty man if only the Dolphins would have drafted him over Tua <laughs> even though they weren't part of the same draft but yeah, I'm sure you'll text me something like that and I I do think I do think you're right if the if the Niners get up on them it's 
I think it's lights out because if they're one dimensional, um, yeah, there's no way that they would again barring something crazy. If they're if the Niners are up seventeen nothing or something, like I think it's it's curtains and it might get ugly really fast. Um, what I won't just kind of keep it. Yeah, I, what I won't do, Clint, is I won't text you at halftime and be like, "Hey, my pick's looking really good right now." If the Niners are up big, because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna turn my phone on if they go up like twenty-one to nothing. I'd be like, "I don't want any text messages. Maybe I'll just temporarily block your number and I'll wait fair. till after the game to unblock you or something." That's fair. That's fair. Okay, man. Anything else? Nope. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for joining me, Clint. This was a lot of fun. Thank you all for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, if you haven't yet, follow me on Instagram at NuttyBuddy underscore sports and follow our YouTube channel as well, where I uh, will post uh, you know, videos, clips for YouTube from the podcast or even just exclusive stuff for YouTube. So thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed and we will talk to you guys soon.